Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me for today's episode is none other than the one and only Mama D herself. It is the Petals of Support podcast. Mama D, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited after we figured out the whole time zone thing. I'm like, this is going to be great. <laughs> Do you know, that is the worst part of arranging these interviews. Yes, it is. I had someone on from Australia. Australia. In Australia, from where I am, it's 12 hours, which or something, it was close where it wasn't that difficult, but she was kind of a day ahead because we recorded on Friday night, my time, and she's like, it's Saturday afternoon. I'm like, how does that happen? That makes no sense to me. So you were kind of like, well, this one is just hours, but it's it's figuring out. It's not easy to do. Oh, no, I totally know what you mean. I'm having flashbacks to an interview I did with an Australian creator, and it was absolutely, it was a fantastic interview. It was a fantastic chat and everything but C tried to arrange it she had to get up early in the morning I had to stay up late we had to pull the planets in line to get it to work and everything and I was like oh please please let it work and eventually it did fortunately but I know yeah. what you mean time zones are absolutely terrible especially when you see creators on Twitter and you're like they seem like really nice people I really want to reach out to them and then you see their time zone and you're like should I should I know yes. It's hard. It's hard because we all have our, at least for me, this is just a small part of my life. So it's having to explain to somebody that, yeah, I really, really want to have you on my podcast or I really want to be a guest, but this is when my kids have every sport possible. And this is when (laughs) I make dinner and this is when I do this. So I have this window and then the other person's like, oh, well, that's four in the morning, my time. And I'm like, no, that's not (laughs) going to work. So it's, it's not easy because I want to get to know different people, but you know, I kind of wish it's like well geez can't you just come here or fly me out there and we could do this and it would be a lot easier plus i get a trip out of it (laughs) exactly that would be the dream wouldn't it just having like a podcast comic-con type thing they do have them don't they i didn't just make that up did i (laughs) <laughs> no, you know what they do, but they, or at least they have them around in the States, but I've looked once because now, you know, I do this anonymously. So it's like, I couldn't really go and be me, but I could go and check out other people and like check out equipment. It'd be really cool, but they seem to be in big cities. So like I saw one down in Orlando, Florida, which is not close to me, but there was nothing around me. And I'm like, gosh, these podcasts are a big deal. You would think they would have at least more often where maybe it was closer to people <laughs> that I can go to one and meet people or network or something just under my I'd have to wear a mask but under my anonymous name well you could just walk around leaving your business cards yeah because I think there's a lot of networking it'd be nice I like to meet the different people and hear the different stories and all of that stuff so it'd be very cool but no you didn't make it up I have seen it on the google that they exist so and if it's on the internet it is true as we've been told to be. <laughs> yes <laughs> But yeah, I think it's similar here because the closest one I remember seeing was, at least in the UK, was in London. And by the sound of my accent, you'll probably realise I'm nowhere near London. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just a tad. Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I was there a couple of months ago, unrelated, not because of podcasting or anything. But yeah, having to travel from all the way here to London would be not a massive feat, but it would still be enough for me to go go out my way to have to go down but as far as I know there's none up in Scotland but if there's any Scottish podcasters listening out there being like oh there is please for the love of God let me know. (laughs) Yeah I have a UK question because what I love is that when people live in the UK and all around there they seem to know more than one language and they seem to travel a lot more than I feel that we do in the United States. I speak English I can recognize a few others but I don't speak fluently. Like you could not take me somewhere where they speak Spanish and expect much from me. I can read French, but that's about what you're going to get. But I feel like when I talk to people who are in the UK, they speak several languages. 
and I think they travel more. Is that something that happens? I mean, I kind of picture almost like a train. Isn't there like a train system that you can travel around and take holidays or not really? Well, the train system, and this is where I get a wee bit spicy and controversial here. Oh, okay. train system, (laughs) well, for legal reasons, that's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, we do have a relatively good train system. What I will say is, is good for getting to the major cities in the UK. It's not perfect because recently there's been pay disputes and things between drivers and the government. There's been a lot of strikes recently. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I mean, especially at the start of the year, it was just absolutely terrible. Like you couldn't get a train because of it. But, you know, other than that... (laughs) (laughs) The train system, when they work, the train system takes you to where you want to go. But as for the language thing, I feel as if it's a bit of a mix because a lot of British people have a sort of stereotype. Usually for me, I would say Europeans are more likely. And when I say Europeans, I know technically I'm European, but mainland Europeans, countries in Scandinavia or France, Germany, Spain, they are probably more likely to be bilingual than someone in the UK because we do learn a language in secondary school so about ages 12 to 18 give or take but it's more of a secondary subject so you don't have to continue it if you don't want to but I learned a bit of French so I know bits and pieces and I have to say although I'm saying oh no (laughs) British people don't speak a second (laughs) language I do love learning languages just as a kind of side hobby I'm not saying I'm good at it but I give it a go I I give it a modest go and cross my fingers because the amount of tourists that I've seen, particularly ones from down south and I apologise to all my English listeners out there, but there's a particular place in Spain I don't know if you've heard of Benidorm Mm-mm, No. so it's like a city in Spain that unofficially might as well be a British colony at this point the amount of British tourists that go there and they settle down and it's like, you know when you go to a country and you want to have the experience experience of that country. You want to see how people live over there, you want to hear the language, you want to hear the cultural things, and then you go to Benidorm and nine times out of ten you've got a middle-aged guy with his belly out wearing Union Jack trousers or Union Jack shorts rather and you're like, huh, Uh Spain sure has changed. (laughs) Not what I expected. (laughs) I mean, it's a beautiful country, but when you go to that area, I think even the Spanish are kind of sick of it and you're like, yeah, I can understand, but Yeah, it's a bit of a mix though because what I was surprised at kind of flipping it back to you was when I, and I have to admit I've only done this once, it wasn't because I disliked America but it's just (laughs) because I was over once and what I was surprised at was how they do try to promote bilingualism especially in terms of Spanish and English and signs and things because I know obviously America shares a border with South America. I think it would depend on where you go because the state I'm is not down south. We see Spanish on nothing. Everything is in English, but I completely agree. If you go more south, you do see the signs that maybe are in more than one language. Now, if you were to go to like a tourist attraction, we have a big Air Force base near where I live and they have a big Air Force museum and they have signs in every language there because it's a touristy thing that you never know who might come visit and everything. But when it comes to, you know, like when I go in to a restaurant when I'm driving anything, everything is in English. So if I want to practice another language, it's it's on my own. You know, I'm going to have to do that studying myself. I can't even test myself if I go out and say, okay, what does that sign say in English? But it's in French. Let me translate it. I don't have that. I would do it all on my own. I wish it was, we have it same as you said, where it's high school here is when they offer and they do require two years of a foreign language and where my kids and where I grew up, it's French and Spanish. Those are the two options we have. Then if you were to go to college, they usually offer or they require another couple years. And that's just kind of to have that broad liberal arts education. But if you just want to take two years of one and two years of another, that 
and not really give it much effort, you can do that. They don't really encourage it as much as I wish they did. Because I think over here, although Spanish is definitely becoming more prolific, even when I was leaving school, and goodness, that was a good couple of... <laughs> to protect my age, I'm going to say it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> That's what I say too. I'm like, I graduated three years ago. I don't know what y'all are talking about, but... <laughs> It's when you think about it, you're like, one, two, three, four. Oh, God, I'm getting into double digits here. I better yeah. stop from all insanity here. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I was in school, we did French and German. Those were the two languages. But when we were in primary school, so that was about ages 5 to 11, they just put you in random classes. They were like, okay, this half go to French, this half go to German. And I suppose it would make more sense for us to learn German because it seems a lot more close to English than something like French because you know how it's a romance language and everything but I remember towards the end of school they were definitely bringing in Spanish classes a lot more and they seemed to be phasing it out and I remember one time I had to work in the school for a short period and we were taught a number of topics including how to teach kids modern languages and I always remember the tutor at the time was like oh right it's okay these schools don't really teach teach German so all you'll need to know is the basics in French and Spanish so I was like perfecto you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fantastic and don't get me wrong my Spanish is far better than they used to be but I was like right okay that's fair enough I'm ready to fight you know I- I've got my French going I've got my Spanish going walk into the classroom and what have they got covered on the walls German oh. <laughs> I just looked around and I just said ah shiza to myself I was like I can't <laughs> And believe that they would bring in German of all things, because German is one of those languages I have never touched in my life. Neither have I, no. It's one of those languages that is like, it's not because I dislike it or anything. It's the same with Korean, because my partner and I really got into a lot of the K-dramas and everything. So you pick up odd words here and there, but it's one of those languages that I've just, I've never touched. But yeah, you hear it all the time. You're like, huh, this might be interesting. I'm like, no, you've got to focus on these ones. There are so many out there. My oldest, he's in college. He's going to be a junior this year. And all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm going to take Chinese. And I thought, what the heck not? You know, I mean, you have to have a language. And even though you took Spanish and French in high school, why not just pick a totally different one? Who needs to, you know, stick with anything? But he loves it. He has taken quite a few semesters of it. He is now tutoring students in it, but he did not feel that passion with Spanish and French. He took it because he had to. And I can't say that I ever felt like he didn't put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, that's all on him. But I don't think he enjoyed it, where for some reason, he loves Chinese. And it's going to be one of his minors. And then because he's doing it, he can do like international business. And I'm amazed at how quickly he's picking it up. And I think kind of goes to show sometimes you need to think out of the box, where if you have an interest in something, like he's like, I want to take Chinese, do it. Because you might really find a passion for it and you might really be good at it where if you didn't try you'd never know so everything in my house he realized that his practice over the summer he needed to keep looking at the characters and I'm not even going to begin to pretend I understand what he's doing because it is a difficult language so he has labeled everything in my house so you know you go walking by a light switch and he has labeled it (laughs) and he you know does all this stuff just to keep it in his mind and I'm like you know you really are putting forth such an effort because you enjoy it. And I think that's pretty cool. I also think he yells things at us that probably are not really appropriate, but we can't do anything because we don't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, that's the, I can't call your brother that. I don't know what it means, but I have a feeling it's not good, <laughs> but that's okay. Just keep practicing. <laughs> I mean, as someone who's also learning Mandarin Chinese, it is not an easy language to learn. It is really difficult, but it is amazing once you get that breakthrough. I feel as if Mandarin, despite the whole no alphabet thing, which I agree, it's just it's baffling when you're like, it is. oh, what are we going to learn today? And it's like, the alphabet? Really? Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's 5,000 characters. Enjoy. You've got all these radicals. To me, it almost feels, in terms of grammar anyway, it always felt like a, this is going to sound such a weird thing to say, but like a Lego language. 
language where you can easily slot the verbs together, the grammar together, the tense and things. It just, it all falls into place. I bet you there's someone listening to this being like, oh, it seems so wonderful and easy. <laughs> some bits yeah what i think was interesting is you know he came home at first semester and he's you know learning all this and i said i think i used the word cat and i'm like well how do you how do you write cat and he did one character and you know in english it's c-a-t you spell it and so he's trying to explain to me how he was using doing some other words and he's like well if i do it in this order it means one thing if i do it and he was trying to show me but he can see it and i guess that's kind of the thing is that he loves it so much he can see it where i'm looking at going i don't know what that means and you know he'll write it somewhere else i'm like i still don't know what it means <laughs> like I, I support you 100 percent, but i don't know this is a hard hard language to learn but it is so fun when somebody finds something that they like like that i think it's neat and if you ever want to practice your mandarin you know there you go i will hook you up he's got it, the characters on his phone and you guys can text each other and... oh i might have to take you up on that one day <laughs> He really, you know, it's funny. He is really good friends with the professor because again, you know, this is not a huge college, but he started out in a class. There was probably 20 of them taking Chinese and now they've whittled down to four. There's four of them. And so they have obviously become very close and the professor is very close with them. She takes them out to restaurants and makes them do everything in Chinese. And it's, you know, it's very immersive, which is really cool, but they all text each other. And I think, you know, that's what you have to do is that you have to just keep, you know, immersing yourself in it. It's not the same as something else where you can pick up little bits at a time the more you practice. So yeah, if you would like to, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> use the texting keyboard or you know, whatever that is on his phone, he goes to town and then I sit there I'm like, I don't know what any, like you could be telling anything and none of us would know what's going on. So you figured it out. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean though in terms of immersing yourself because one of the things I did, I'm actually wondering if you do the same thing for French as well, where you'll watch a show in a particular language, which can be a blessing and a curse because for me, when I started Spanish, I watched a show called Money Heist or La Casa de Papel, as it's known, and it's like a Spanish bank robbing show, which is a fantastic show. It's on Netflix, I would highly recommend it. But on the flip side, it makes me sound like I'm a Spanish robber whenever I speak. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should tone it down and try something else. So then I'll put on like a telenovela. Either I'm being very dramatic South American or I'm a Spanish bank robber. Okay, let me try a Chinese drama. And the Chinese dramas are very, usually I go for things that are quite lighthearted, that have a lot of easy grammar mm -hmm. and vocabulary. But because of that, I usually target shows that are romance dramas or things like that. So again, I'm speaking like that. And of course, my partner's saying, you're saying that wrong what you do <laughs> and I'm like look I'm trying okay I like all the dramatic hand movements you're doing too exactly. just, you are in the moment there I mean to be fair you can't ask for directions without doing the dramatic hand movement no it's like a dance in itself <laughs> just wanted you to order at the restaurant what are you doing over there <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those videos, but there are so many videos like that where you'll see this foreign guy that goes into either some kind of Asian restaurant, usually it's a Chinese restaurant, and you'll go to order and the title will be, White Man Speaks Perfect Chinese, <laughs> Blows Away the Staff, yes. and you're like, what? <laughs> As far as I know, anyway, there's no videos of you know, other people coming over saying, person orders McDonald's in fluent English, <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, wow, your Ooh. English is so good. Because, oh, I have to say, Chinese is one of those languages that I remember, because I learned it, I ended up, I went over there, oh, and oh, okay. it was a fantastic experience. This was all, of course, pre-2020, but it was absolutely fantastic. And I always remember saying hello to people, so to say hello, you'd say, ni hao. And that's all I would say. You know, I wouldn't say anything more than that. And then they would turn around and be like, wow, your Chinese is so good. So they'd be like, wow, neither John Lynn. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. 
I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, <laughs> let's dial that back a bit. And then they'd start speaking in fluent Mandarin. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't understand. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whereas I feel as if it's the opposite in <laughs> Europe, where it's like, you'll try and say something. So like if you're in Spain, for example, you'd be like, perdóname, donde es? And you're like, just as you're about to finish that, they'll go, nah, it's over there. <laughs> you'll be like, thank you. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> I know what that's right. We should start a language podcast. <laughs> we should. We should. Well, it's funny because over time I can read. That was always what I enjoyed. So I can read French quite well still now. And I was in French four and I don't know, we had to do some sort of project and other people, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better with the public speaking, but the idea of in high school doing it just made me my stomach. I could not handle it. So I convinced the teacher that I would read Les Mis totally in French. And I did it. <laughs> and I think my motivation was, if I can do this, I don't have to stand up in front of this class. So that's where I think I got the comprehension down so well. But if you asked me to speak it, because I kind of slid past that all the time, <laughs> I'm not the best at it. And of course, it's been, you know, it's been three years since I graduated. So, you know, I, I've lost it over that time. <laughs> but I figure I can at least still read it. And it's the same with Spanish. I can read read it but the speaking was never I think it's because I get in my head so much anyway so then I start second guessing myself and I worry am I saying it right where I was like can I write it if I can write it for you then we're all good to go if I can read it to you but they're hard to practice unless you know you can immerse yourself in it that would be nice but I think as well it's a Russian relay isn't it when you do talk to native speakers because there's some I've met that I've made friends with and they are absolutely lovely people they'll help you out they'll say no this is how you say it and oh you should say it because of xyz and I'm like that is perfect thank you so much but then you get the nasty natives who are like no that is wrong do it again or no you should do this and they're very blunt and I know some people like that type of learning but for me personally it's very demoralizing where you think you've said something perfectly and then they're like nah you've done it wrong well you speak of those videos and I've seen those ones where they're making fun of somebody and what they're forgetting is that you know if you come over to America and English is not your first language, but you're trying. Why would we make fun of somebody who's trying? I think that that is, that's so commendable, you know, and you want to help them along. I want to give them a chance. My youngest, his friend's mom is from Russia and she's been here for quite a few years, but she, her English is still not wonderful. And she'll call me because she'll say, I need to ask somebody for this, or I want to use the right words. And she feels comfortable with me. And I think I'm glad I'm somebody she can call for that, but I think Thank goodness, you should just go out and try. It saddens me that people laugh at her or make her feel bad because she doesn't speak perfect English. Well, I'm pretty sure she could kick all her butts at Russian. Let's all learn from each other. It's not something to make fun of somebody because they're trying. We're never going to be perfect, but boy, we can get better if we just keep practicing. And that's what we're supposed to, to do and support each other. Because that's something that I have to admit really gets me down. Whenever I hear somebody say, oh, I want a kind of arcs me when they say they want a British accent because there's not really such a thing technically. It's like when they say British accent, they mean very posh, received pronunciation, English, London. It's like they don't want my accent, for example, mm -hmm. or they right. don't want Glaswegian, they don't want Welsh. Oh no, they want this English accent. And it always makes me quite sad in a way because you see these people who have absolutely mastered the language, they are fantastic English, yet they they hate their accents because they always say, oh, I don't like this accent. I want to have a very neutral accent. And I think, but why though? Because it is, it's absolutely fantastic that you have gone out of your way to learn this language. You have completely embraced another culture. And for people to turn around, they're like very hateful, spiteful people, obviously, to turn around and be like, haha, you speak funny. How about you learn another language first before, yeah, you start criticising these people? It is a shame that you still get people that either refuse to learn another language or they decide that because another language sounds different that they won't embrace it the same. It's just it's just such a shame to see because, I mean, personally for me, I've had so many experiences thanks to learning another language. So yeah, once you learn Spanish and Mandarin, that's it. You can't go back. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a door that's opened. I can't go back through. <laughs> well, and it's great. I mean, find that. And if it's not those, I mean, find a language that interests you. And then maybe after you learn that, it'll open a door. Then you kind of get a desire to learn different ones. And who knows? It's fun to be able to read something not in English for me or to hear a conversation and be like, well, I don't 100% know what they're saying, but I can piece it together well enough. Or if you're my oldest, you can tell off your younger brother and no one knows what you're saying and we're all like well seemed angry and not polite but i can't really yell at him because i don't know what he said but <laughs> i'll allow it i'll just allow it <laughs> <laughs> or now. Yeah, we'll just shrug that one off. So. <laughs> and the amazing thing about language learning as well is just purely the fact that you don't have to go, as you said, for one of these big languages because there's hundreds of languages out there that you can choose depending on what you're interested in. You know, you could learn, for example, and I'm not saying a minute amount of people do know these languages, but you know, you could learn Swedish or Maltese or things like that, even for a language like. Esperanto, which is a... Have you heard of Esperanto? Sorry. No, I haven't. No. So it's like, and all the Esperanto listeners will be perking up their ears going, what the yeah. heck is that? It's like a constructed language that was made in the late 1800s in Poland, and it takes all of these words from different European languages, like from German, from English, from French, Spanish, and it just it mashes it all together into what was supposed to be more of a auxiliary language. Oh, neat. But because of the obvious two main things that happened during the 20th century it was pushed back. Although not a lot of people speak it like there are huge communities both online and in person that do speak it and they've grown their small community with one another. I do think that's fantastic that even though this is a constructed language, this is a completely made up language, people still gravitate towards it and they still build this sense of community. People travel with it. People use it to learn other languages. They use it as like a stepping stone. Yeah, I, I do think it's absolutely fantastic. I've never heard of that. Now I'm totally going to have to check it out on the Google because what a neat idea to and I like how you said that it can be a stair step to other things. You know, it's just kind of a group and I love how you can find that supportive stuff online. That's I know some people have issues with internet and online and everything but I think, gosh, it's so neat to be able to reach out and find a group of people with the same interests you have and hopefully they're open to teaching you and you can teach them things and what a just great source for a community if you don't have that community because where I live no one would know what I was talking about but I can use the internet to find people who are like yeah you know let me teach you or let's practice or let me tell you about this and I think that that's one of those great things about the internet that I've seen during my lifetime I've watched it evolve and I think there's some good to it too yeah the internet certainly changed over the years and again I feel old for saying that to be like oh back in my day the internet wasn't this <laughs> you're squeaky clean and things like that but it definitely has changed from the mid to late 2000s to what it is nowadays I would say. Oh yeah that's the one thing that as much as I am not always a fan of how old I am it is really neat if I think about I've watched it grow I watched it get introduced and then I have watched it transform and it's a crazy ride to be on when you think you know when I was in school we were learning typing on a keyboard there was no computer and then when I went to college it's, it's a cute story I had a friend that went to a different college and she and I were best friends in high school and she one day called me and she was really mad so I get this phone call from this girl yelling at me how just because we didn't go to the same college and just because we didn't see each other as much, she couldn't believe that I had dropped her as a friend and she thought we were close and how dare I ignore her. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because even then, it's not like we carried cell phones around with us. You know, you called somebody's dorm room. That's how you got a hold of somebody. Apparently at her school, email was like really big deal. And so she had been emailing me once a day for like two months. I didn't even know I had an email email address. So 
I had someone show me this and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I know what email is, but we didn't use it. No one used it the way that now that's how we, you know, I'll just email you that. So I had a friend at school who showed me how to get on and there were like 60 emails from this poor girl telling me every day just what she was trying to connect and she was getting absolutely nothing back from me. And in my defense, it's because I didn't know, <laughs> but that was my introduction to really how, you know, I knew what email was. I had used it here and there, but I didn't realize that it was that important. And then of course, there were also emails from like professors and I'm like, oh, wow, I should probably use this thing because this is how they're going to communicate with us. But to see now where, again, I said to you, you know, oh, send me the link on Twitter. Or you can email it to me. What? It's just, that's common now, just how we do things. And to see that change over my lifetime, it's pretty cool. It's been a cool thing to see. It's definitely a lot more streamlined now, especially in the realms of content creation. Because I remember growing up and, you know, you did have your YouTubers and things like that, but it didn't seem as accessible. You could have your recordings from your phones, I guess. But even then, the phones that I used when I was younger weren't exactly made for videos or anything like that until probably in my early teens I want to say but I actually remember I was out the other day going to work and there were a bunch of school kids walking by they were walking to school and they all had their phones out I kid you not all of these are like massive smartphones and that's just the way of things nowadays but see back when I was younger I remember the big number pads and things like that yes the Nokia <laughs> in fact in a previous episode episode I was talking to someone about the difference between maybe older people versus younger people keeping the phones on silent versus keeping them on the ringtone and I remember I just hummed the Nokia theme instead of the Apple theme and immediately as soon as I did it I was just like right nobody under a certain age is gonna know what the <laughs> hell I'm on they're gonna be like what is that sound are you just dropping a beat here or something it's like no no for the love Oh my god, I'm not. But nothing <laughs> makes you feel older. I mean, nowadays, it's just so easy to get access to the internet. And even with, for example, like a cheap phone or whatever, you can still get access to the internet. You can still create whatever you want, no matter whether it's high quality, low quality. And I suppose that brings it back to the fact that you and I, of course, we are podcasters. Spoilers, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to tell you this way, but yeah, we are. Oh. <laughs> Out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how over the years, thanks to the change of the internet, it has become so easy to put yourself out there as both a creator and just as a person, really. Is it right in saying, and I had to research this just to double check in case I was wrong, but is it right to say that you started your podcast in 2021? I will be two years in October. Wow. So yeah, I never thought that I would make it a year, let alone coming on two years because it's just when you start, when you have that little baby idea and you listen to other people, people are good, you know, and you have this equipment you don't totally know how to use and you have an idea in your mind, but you're listening to people and you're like, my goodness, that is like such good quality. I can hear everything. You know, there's no background noise. They've got music. Oh my gosh, they have like sound effects and everything. And I thought I can never do that, that I'm a mom and I know what I want to talk about, but I will completely admit that I still am just baffled with Google Docs, how I can write something and someone can go in and edit it totally blows my mind. <laughs> so you could imagine where I'm looking at this stuff going, well, it's this microphone. What do I do with all this stuff? So for me to be coming up, I mean, I've still got some months, but to hit a two year, I'm proud of myself. And I think I saw, aren't you coming to three years pretty soon? Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> in November, yeah, we'll be going to the three year mark, which is absolutely crazy to think about because out of curiosity I ask this quite a lot to a lot of podcasters and content creators because a lot of their content usually, not always, but usually stemmed from the 2020s, the pandemic, the lockdown, the end times as it were. But see for yourself, what was the inspiration behind your podcast? Was it because of the pandemic? Because I know technically by that point things were relatively was similar and down the 
they were still around and everything lockdowns were still around and there was all the horribleness of those years but did it stem from that or was it something you've always wanted to try out so i have two boys and my oldest as i said he'll be a junior and my youngest just turned 16 and i have been a full-time stay-at-home mom since my youngest was or my oldest was born so i've been doing this mom thing for almost 21 years before that i had a great job and i enjoyed i was kind of a social worker in a way but a little different so then i had my son and this is what i've done i have been full mom and i have built what i like to believe is this great relationship with my kids it's been work it's based on what i did before i kind of knew what i didn't want my relationship with my kids to be but i will totally admit that i am full-time mom and when my oldest was getting ready it was around christmas time so his senior year he was getting ready you know he's going to be graduating and he made the comment to my youngest son you know that when i'm gone she's going to be on you she's going to have one kid in this house and it's going to be you and it's going to be all you all the time and i you know my youngest freaks out because he's like i don't i can't handle her sometimes the way she is now let alone she not having to split you know just my focus on two kids so they decided that i should have a podcast and i should share all this advice that i feel the need to ram down their throats on a regular basis because i do everything that they have going on i'm like well because of what i used to do and the degrees i have let me tell you what we should do about it or let me help you figure out the next steps you need to figure it out for yourself but let me be there to support you when you do it so they bought me my first set of podcasting equipment for christmas and that was a december present i was scared to use it all and i had an ipad then i had this very basic stuff so my oldest goes away to college and I would just sit around because my youngest is he's just his own independent person other than the fact that he cannot drive which he would do if somebody was just stupid enough to let him do it without a license my job is to drive him and then you know he's like just drop me off because he doesn't need any hand holding that's just who he is and I respect it totally but I found myself sitting in parking lots going I have nothing to do and I do some volunteering and everything but I also didn't want to ever have to not do my volunteering because I needed to be at a sporting event because that I need to be for him and for me present for all the things that he does. So it was about October. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And both of them helped me. They showed me how to set things up. And I started out with a very simple and it's grown since then, but it really had nothing to do with the pandemic. It had to do with my kid realizing that he could not handle me sitting outside his school building all day waiting for him to come out because I was bored and lonely. So that is why everyone else gets to listen to me ramble. (laughs) Well, to be fair, it is a good trait of a podcaster to be able to ramble and talk for hours and, you know, get all your thoughts out there. There's no point in them being inside. You may as well just get all the thoughts out. That's right. It's rambling around in there if I don't get it out. So yeah. No, that is quite interesting though, because your podcast is very positive, I will say, and it is really nice to listen to. You know, it is a lot of very interesting episodes that you put out because I have to admit, I was listening to a couple before we came on because I was like, I've got to do my due diligence before I go on. You know, you talk about a wide range of topics, especially for, in general, like with life, with support, those kind of ones. I was listening to your first episode about fear, steps and new things. Oh no, you went back to the first. No one does, no. Yes, I know. I did a first and last, to be fair. Apologies. One of my friends did that. He was like, oh, I'm listening to your podcast. And I was like, fantastic. Oh, thank you so much for the support. (laughs) And he sent a screenshot and it was episode one. And I was like... Oh no. No, please just just listen to yeah. any other one. Listen 
to the newer ones and then, you know, like realize that I actually have figured out how to edit. Then if you want to go back to the beginning and be like, wow, she's in a dining room and that is pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when I first started out, I did it out in my living room during COVID, right beside the modem, I'm right beside the TV. I'm comfy with my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfy. <laughs> I'm just going to do it here. Uh, I've had to move the operation upstairs, unfortunately, <laughs> since then. Well, I try to cover, and I always take listener questions or um, topics because, you know, I don't know what people would like to hear me talk about. But I've discovered, you know, I'm 46 years old, and in 46 years, you experience a lot, and you see a lot, and you realize what are maybe easier ways to do things. And, you know, I have had some topics that I didn't expect to cover. People seem to enjoy those just as much as the ones where I'm like, this has been all organized and I know what I'm going to talk about. But I like having guests on because, well, I always say, you know, it's from my perspective. This is advice from a 46-year-old mom and it's going to be about who you should forgive and maybe if people don't deserve your forgiveness because, you know, some people don't. But then I love having guests on because they have their own perspective and it might click with someone a little bit better than from my perspective. And I learned a lot because I've learned some things. I'm like, I had never thought of it that way. I never thought to approach something in life that way. I'll give it a try and see if it works. It's always that first step though, isn't it? Just trying to get over the threshold to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm talking about. This is me putting myself out there because I know for your particular topics, they are a lot more personal. For me, although I do talk about personal topics and things like that, it's mainly in the viewpoint of if I'm talking about a video game or a TV show, a movie, that kind of thing. So at least I can kind of hide behind that veneer and be like, oh yeah, haha, bad movie, yay. For legal reasons, this is a joke. But, <laughs> you know, for you, you're putting your thoughts out there and you're doing a fantastic job, let me just say, of doing that. Well, thank you. But have you ever found any challenges of doing any episodes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. It's funny because I, I talk about what I used to do before I was Mama D. So I was like a social worker, but I worked with special treatment foster care kids. So they were kids who, for various reasons, could not be be in with their biological parents, but for a whole host of other reasons, could not be in a typical foster home. They required medication. We dealt with a lot of mental illness, which sometimes one mental illness goes into another one. And so you needed special parents who had extra training, who realized that if you take this child, it's going to be an adventure. We're going to say it that way. You're going to have some property damage. You're going to be going to the police station. There's going to be a lot going on because these kids are scared and they're angry. And I dealt with teenagers, which are just a joy in general. And then you add the fact that you have taken away from their biological family, not you, but someone has. And so they're mad and they feel abandoned and they don't trust anyone. So they're just a lot of fun to deal with. (laughs) And so I've seen a lot in the years I did it. And I really said, I'm not going to talk about it on my podcast because they're not my stories to tell. My What I experienced is my stories to tell, but I didn't really feel comfortable kind of opening that door. And then I was on a couple podcasts as a guest and they asked me to talk about it because I do have some hilarious stories. I loved it. I loved doing it. And sometimes I, I mean, I would go home more often crying than not, but then I have some memories that are just hilarious. And that's what they wanted me to talk about. And I enjoyed talking about it, but by doing so, it kind of opened up some memories that I had repressed because I just didn't want to deal with what I had seen. Of course, always people always, you know, what happened to those kids? And I don't know. And I don't want to know because I have a feeling I know, and I can't face that because I did the best I could, but it wasn't enough with what I could do, what I was allowed to do. It wasn't enough. And I don't know if it ever could have been enough, but I know most likely where they are. And it was a lot to deal with. So I've realized that by doing so, then I had another episode where I talked about an ex-boyfriend who has passed away and how we did not leave it on good terms when we broke up. And the whole point of those episodes were more of, you know, just remember that, you know, it might not see someone again. And 
and you don't have to walk away after an argument being like, oh, you know, I forgive you, but you can walk away showing the person you do still care. And I wish we had done that because then he passed away. And so that brought up, so doing what I do, I do bring up some feelings that maybe I didn't really want to deal with, (laughs) but that's the whole point of the podcast is that we have to work through things. And I always go into it saying, I'm not a medical professional, but I'm going to talk about it. And I hope that you talk about it too. And then if you need more help, there's wonderful people out there that you can talk to who would be a good third party who can listen much, much better than I can because I don't do that anymore. No, I think that is an absolutely great way of looking at it because there's a very weird trend recently with podcasts where a lot of them want to be the voice of reason in the sense that they want to be the ones that say, this is what you should think about this particular topic or this is what you should think about this or that when the whole format of it is very subjective you know there's a human behind the host as it were which I know sounds very silly but it's one of these things though that a lot of people want to be almost like an authority figure of saying this is how you should do things or that's how you should do things and for yours especially and I hope for mine as well at times that I personally like to offer opinions and views and things because that's something I'm very self-conscious at when I say oh I like this particular thing but I don't like that particular thing but then I have to reel myself in and say unless it's something very important for obvious reasons but if it's something that you know someone's gonna like but I don't like I don't want to feel as if I'm demonizing or alienating anyone and I feel as if yours does that perfectly as well the fact that you are offering these stories these ideas this advice and you do it in such a great way compared to someone yelling down the microphone being like this is how you should feel cheer up right now and you're like no <laughs> maybe not the same but I appreciate that no because I think that we often forget that I mean you know if you take a movie and like you know you right now I was listening you're doing about the Simpsons and you can love the Simpsons or you can hate the Simpsons but that doesn't mean I have to feel the same way and I think we forget that sometimes that these are my feelings and my opinions and that's totally okay for me to feel this way and you can totally feel the opposite way <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I I don't like you or anything. And, you know, I'm doing these are kind of the basic. I'm not talking about, like you said, the super important topics or anything, but we're allowed to feel differently. And I'm allowed to tell you how I feel. And then I'm, I, but I should also listen to how you feel because, gosh, the world would be pretty darn boring if we all felt the same way and we all like the same things. I kind of think it's neat. Like, I don't like certain TV shows. I don't like the show Seinfeld. And I realize I'm probably one of the very few people that doesn't like Seinfeld, but I don't like it. And that's okay. It's okay if you happen to like Seinfeld because, geez, that's why the show's on television. But it's okay to have differing opinions. And if I give advice and it doesn't really work for you, tweak it or throw it away. I mean, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you say, you know what? No, I disagree. Everybody should forgive everybody. Well, I don't agree with that. But if you do, then that's okay. Throw that piece of advice away. Maybe I'll say something later that, you know, appeals to you a little bit more. That's okay. Because that is the amazing thing about podcasts. The fact that you put your opinion out there, and I've even had that when I put out things on Twitter or something saying, oh, what do you think of this show? Or what do you think of this particular topic? And just being so surprised every time. It's like, you know, that shocked Pikachu face meme where it's just Uh like the, what? (laughs) People Uh don't like this. But it is so fascinating to see that and done in such a constructive way. Obviously, you've got the vocal minority who come in and they're a bit too passionate about it. But for the most part, it is interesting to see all these different opinions come together and say, I don't like that. And it's like, well, why don't you like it? Well, I don't like it because of X, Y, Z. And you go, okay, that's actually a very good point. Or I like this because of another reason. And it is, it's just, it's so constructive. Yeah. Well, what I think you know you said how I share this like personal stuff and you don't because you're kind of reviewing more games or movies or something but I tell you there are some passionate people out there about (laughs) 
some of the stuff. So I think sometimes you're taking more of a risk than I am. I'm just sharing stories where people are very passionate about things that they enjoy. And that's great. Like there's some shows that I'm like, oh no, that that's the best show ever. You can't convince me otherwise. But some people are really passionate. And I think, goodness, it's hard then to put your opinion out there because some people get very upset when you don't like something that they like. So you're a risk taker too. <laughs> you know, I've heard stories. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my co-host and friend Andrew and I reviewed a particular anime called Sword Art Online. And he actually, he is the most, and I brought this up in the episodes before, but he is the most mild-mannered person ever. He doesn't look for confrontation. Andrew, if you're listening to this, sorry for bringing you into this, but... Well, say hi, Andrew! <laughs> and he never goes out looking for a fight or anything, but I remember he called out a particular problematic part of that show because it's very much a starter anime for a lot of people, so a lot of people have a nostalgia around it, but at the end of the day, it's got very, very problematic moments. And we did a whole episode on it, but before that, the reason that inspired that particular episode was because he got attacked online by people defending these particular things. And the thing is, I am a fan of some very controversial game franchises and things like that. For example, Sonic the Hedgehog. I bet you weren't expecting that when I said controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were, because I was thinking, I played Sonic the Hedgehog growing up. How is that controversial? That's that's fun. That's, you know, the little rings and everything. That's a memory for me. See, you would be surprised because the amount of people who are just so passionate saying, oh, Sonic was never good because a recent game might not do as well as past games. They compare it to a particular game called Sonic 06, where that was just an absolute dumpster fire. So they're like, (laughs) because that game did terribly, then all the games are suddenly bad. And my friend and I actually did a whole month dedicated to Sonic, and we went through each quote-unquote age of the series. So we went through the retro age, so like the 16-bit on the Sega Genesis, or Mega Drive for the UK listeners out there. We did the Dark Age, where it was like all about Sonic Adventure to, in fact, Sonic Adventure did get its own episodes, but we did from Sonic Heroes all the way to the one where they gave a hedgehog a gun and everything, (laughs) and turned another one into a werewolf. Then we did the Modern Age, which seemed to be the kind of safest age of them all. And, you know, it was interesting to see this progression about a series that was just held in such high esteem to one that kind of middled and it got rocky in the middle and then you had another age where it was just like oh it's okay people didn't like it they thought like oh it's amazing but neither did they think oh this is the worst thing ever it was just completely in between and it's interesting to when you put out your opinion and a lot of people are saying oh I think this I think that and fortunately for now we've never been attacked for our opinions on these certain games but yeah it's interesting to see I always joke about that if someone is gonna hate listen to the podcast and I'm like whatever you do do not share the link with your friends do not get those <laughs> listener numbers up please no how awful don't do that yeah oh no how awful it's funny one of I belong to on Twitter there's you know of course groups of us that kind of support each other there's one that I belong to that's really great it's all women and so we just kind of help each other out but there was one podcast that they decided that they were going to review the series Supernatural which is a great series I watched enjoyed it a lot of people did and they were like yeah we'll just watch the episodes and we'll talk about it very simple idea oh my goodness they come in and tell us that they got this hate mail or this or this because they didn't take something serious or they lessened something and I'm like oh my goodness I have sometimes thought you know oh I should watch a show and review it on you know my podcast that'll be fun oh no I have no desire to do that now because I didn't realize that people got so passionate and I'm not saying that's a bad thing it is a bad thing if you send hate mail to somebody like that there's other ways to express ourselves than telling somebody some really mean I mean they're it's some pretty mean stuff and I think how you don't really get your point across like I always say if you come at me to tell me something and you immediately start putting me down calling me stupid calling me names you could have the best point in the world but I have completely tuned you out and now I don't like you so whatever you wanted to tell me it could have been completely accurate and I might have actually changed my opinion about something but because you entered the ring yelling 
at me, you have no chance. So there's ways to explain yourself that I'd be like, you kind of said, you know, sometimes people say something like, huh, I hadn't thought of it. That's a good point. Will it change my mind? Maybe, maybe not. But I will tell you, if you walk in the room calling me the B name, I'm not going to listen to you. And now I'm mad. And that's not how we should express ourselves. But apparently with the show Supernatural, it's a pretty passionate show. And people got heated. <laughs> oh, I've heard that before. I mean, there was also, I think, was it Sherlock and Doctor Who? They were all the one fandom at one point. Yeah, people, especially for sci-fi, that's something I've noticed. They get very, very passionate, especially with Star Wars, Star Trek, anything with Star mm-hmm. on it. The thing is, this is something I've always said, that you're allowed, obviously you don't have to take my word for this, you're allowed to like what you like. But that doesn't mean that it's free from any criticism or rather critique. Right. Because I feel as if a lot of people take the word critique and twist it in a way that is more just vitriol. They just spew very nasty things, especially if you look at Star Wars. There's a lot to dislike about, for example, the new Star Wars. But when you get people saying, yeah, it's because of that reason or this reason, and you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. It's a film about space knights (laughs) rather than around in robes swinging laser swords here it's not some kind of geopolitical statement here where you're like ladies and gentlemen today i'm here to tell you my 10 hour discussion about why the sequel trilogy is terrible i don't have nearly enough hours in the day to sit here and listen to like a 10 hour thing of why somebody hates the sequels at the end of the day we're allowed to like what we like if we like that fair enough if you don't like it that's fine and we're all entitled to her opinion but when you get people on both ends that are saying this is the best thing ever this is the best thing since sliced bread or you know you've got the other people on the other side saying this is the worst thing since unsliced bread you gotta come to a compromise there I just kind of think you know what you watch what you want you know I mean like my husband he'll be like are you watching true crime again and I'm like yes Dateline's on And he's like, it's interesting, but how can you just watch it? And I said, well, for me, most of the time, I like just to have noise, whatever I'm doing. So I'll turn the television on, but that doesn't mean I'm really paying attention to it. I just like noise when I'm doing stuff. But, you know, I've said to him, if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm allowed to like something. I don't have to justify it. I can just say for whatever reason, I like it. You know, he's rewatching Magnum PI from the first ones. I can't do it. I've tried, but but I'm like, you know what? If that's what you want to watch, you go watch that. That's okay. It's okay. And you know, if you want to talk about Magnum PI, I can tell you why I'm just not a fan. And you can tell me why you're a fan. In the end, we'll both go into our separate areas and I'm going to watch Dateline and <laughs> you're going to watch Magnum PI. It's okay. It's We don't all have to agree. And but it's nice to be able to talk about things too. So what you're saying is your next episode's going to be on Magnum PI then? You know what? That's what I could probably... <laughs> but you know what? People would probably come out of the woodwork to explain to me why I'd have like this whole fan base saying why it's the best show ever and I'd be like I just I don't want to have a passionate discussion about Magnum P.I. I can have that downstairs if I want to I could just ask my husband <laughs> I know you're gonna get all the people cosplaying this Columbo just coming out the woodwork being like ah just one more thing here one more thing it's That's like so- no I don't want to talk about Magnum P.I. <laughs> but I do have a lot of other episodes you can go back and listen to please <laughs> oh, oh no, no. I'm awful Please don't listen to our podcast, especially Petals of Support. Please don't. Don't raise my numbers. That makes me sad. (laughs) Raising my numbers makes baby Jesus sad. Please don't. On that note, Mamadi, thank you so much for coming on tonight and yeah, discussing your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. I have enjoyed it and I really hope I am taking a guest break right now. I call my guest episode sleepovers. And just because, as you know, guests, it's a little bit more work when it comes to editing and everything. So over the summer, I'm taking a break, but I will be back with guest episodes once the fall hits. I'm doing solos now. So once the fall hits, I hope that you would consider coming on my podcast and sharing some advice and just chit-chatting about whatever you'd like to talk about. Honestly, I would be delighted to. Yay! Oh, that would be wonderful. We usually have people on that give some advice, but we have talked. I've had some fun. I love having guests on. So we will work 
work something out and hopefully we'll have to do this time because it works for both of us. We will deal with the time zones. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to have you on. So thank you. No, and thank you for coming on. But before we wrap up and of course finish, where can these lovely listeners at home find your content? Oh, I'd love if anyone is interested. I am on all listening platforms. It's Petals of Support. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Petals of Support. I have a TikTok. It's nothing exciting. I just replay clips <laughs> because of the anonymous thing. And you can also email me if you have any topics or if you have any questions. It's petals.s at aol.com. And if you want to listen to more Chatsunami episodes and or hate listen, if you want, not going to force you, <laughs> you can check out our website, podpage.com forward slash Chatsunami, as well as any good podcast apps. Just look for the Red Panda under the name Chatsunami and we'll see you there. I also want to give a huge shout out to our Pandalorian patrons tonight, Robotic Battle Toaster and Sonia. Thank you so much for supporting the channel, but if you want to check out our content on Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes and early access, you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash Chatsunami. But until then, thank you all so, so much for listening. Stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that's sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Hello dear listeners, Mama D here, ready to share my wisdom and offer a listening ear. Life can be tough, but remember, you're never alone. On Petals of Support, I'll be your virtual mom, providing guidance and support when you need it most. Join me each week as we explore topics close to your heart. From self-care and personal growth to parenting and finding inner peace, we'll embrace every aspect of life's journey together. Let my voice wrap around you like a warm hug, reminding you that you are capable, loved, and cherished. Remember, my dear petals, you are stronger than you know. Together, we'll navigate life's garden one bloom at a time. I'm Mama D, and this is Petals of Support. Let's grow, learn, and flourish together. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low-quality, one-track audio waves. <laughs> But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.